0: Hello, everyone. I'm Reverend Carla, and welcome to Spirituality Matters, a podcast that focuses on the intersection of spirituality and humanity. And now let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's episode is entitled, You Disgust Me. Seven Ways Women Disparage Other Women, and Seven Ways to Respond to Their Internalized Misogyny. This podcast is inspired by my blog post for this week that you can find at RevCarla.com. So I start this blog by saying that Facebook can indeed be a hostile place, and you probably don't need me to tell you that. And you have no doubt experienced something as where you post something innocuous like I have about how much joy I have. In my uh, herbicide-free garden yards, is that what, is that, I don't even know what the right word is, but I like, I now understand the wisdom of having dandelions and clover in your yard and the importance of them being the first fruits for the bees as they're coming out of hibernation, hibernation, but that can be alone to set off the neighbor who you've always had a good relationship, but all of a sudden she's furious because you're the reason that she can't keep dandelions out of her yard. And they spend hundreds of dollars. She cannot wait to tell her gardener. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I have to tell you a story. One time our neighbors are older. We know each other by name. It's not the kind of neighborhood where people uh, congregate on a regular basis. People just kind of keep to themselves and me being an introvert. And I'm out here so much in this kind of communities and with my family, very large family, I'm good with that. Now, if they need anything, they at the drop of the hat, they can text me. We're close enough that way. But one day I'm walking into the grocery store and two of my neighbors are walking out and I Wanted to stop and chat. This was a wonderful opportunity to stop and chat. And they were shaking their head. Like like they were in the middle of a conversation or something. And I was like, well, howdy neighbor. And they just go, well, I don't know why you feed those birds in your front yard. Thanks to you, you bring all the deer in the yard. So now I'm the problem. It's me because of the (laughs) clover. And I bring all the deer in the yard. And that was destroying her yard. Listen, I'm not about mocking people's gardening abilities, but we live in a community where we have a ton of urban deer. Y'all who are planting flowers and shrubs that are attractive to them need to get over it or fence in your yard with a really high fence. I'm not your problem. They are out all over the place. I see them throughout the entire neighborhood and Saying this so loudly and going on about it in a public place where people were having to pass us and and listen to them lamenting the fact that we have deers and it's my problem and treating me like a child and how that carried down into Facebook because of this neighbor, of course, did comment as well that we, you know, the the, everybody's changing their priorities about how they do their (laughs) yards. That's just a side note to show how ridiculous people are in their entitlement. And if that's you and you caught yourself in an element of that, then maybe that was the mirror that you needed to hear today that don't act that way. Don't do that to people because it's really rude. And it's it is the epitome of being a Karen. i'm I'm sorry, but it is, even though her name's not Karen. all right. So what we have seen since, oh, even before twenty, fifteen when Obama was elected, you started to see the tension, but it really escalated with Trump and we we know that. So if you posted a a picture of yourself holding a Black Lives Matter sign, which I would do, then all of a sudden I'd see I lost a hundred friends. Okay? Well, that's okay. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But sometimes if what they posted, was so toxic and dangerous like a very much a misperception intentional contortion of a picture that made it look like a black person or a member of the lgbtqi plus community was committing violent acts towards somebody with a maga hat and you could tell that the picture was photoshopped i would call that out i would call them out and the vitriol that would come back at me were but with people who were my friends people who were my friends. So the falling away of those people happened in sometimes in explosive, spectacular ways. And other times they just kind of walked out the door as I did with some people. It's like, all right, I'm just blocking them. I don't need to see this. Or I also know what they're being taught in church and they want that. They believe that. And we are not finding a common ground here. So it's time for me to protect my inner circles. And that's when I really started talking a lot about the importance of boundaries and how we have compromised who is in our inner circle based on our religious indoctrination. That's often part of this toxic patriarchal structure that teaches us that anyone who's in a position of authority has a right to our inner circle. And they have a right to tell us what to do, what to believe, all that stuff. And, and now we're in a season of no more. No, that's not how we're playing this. Is, this is not how we're playing this out. We're deconstructing from that, and we're leaving it behind. And we also know that Facebook played a significant role in influencing presidential election in America through the various uh, suppression of some news articles, the algorithmic news feed that determined what users were seeing. They actually admitted that they were part of spreading of, of misinformation and fake news. And so these politicized campaigns um, got top viewing over other over, over their other things. we know that the Cambridge uh, Analytica scandal revealed how much personal data, that Facebook knew had been compromised and yet actually contributed to it, cooperated with the harvesting of that information. So we know this stuff is going on and we know that that has exacerbated these issues that divide us. And some people will say, well, before Facebook, everything was okay. No, Facebook, when it's used in its purest intent, be can become a platform that can help us amplify our voices. Does that mean that you're not going to hit discourse? Oh, honey, just go look at what's happening right now on Facebook anytime I I have a video start to get a little traction, does it get hit. And I've never met so many random white fragile men who are so offended by a woman's voice, but they are because that's in their life. Women are supposed to be submissive and silent. Now, America has often been described as a melting pot, a blending of many cultures, traditions, and beliefs because of our history of of migrants coming here. But that's not really the truth. We have a symbolic pot of humanity, but it's really been simmering. For many years, we know this, even prior to the Civil War, there's decades of stories of the historically oppressed pushing up against these barriers that were in these established patriarchal systems. And as the tension grows uh, of people wanting equal rights, demanding equal rights that they deserve because they're humans, that simmering and that boiling melting pot became a slow boil because the marginalized continue to challenge the gatekeeping. Whether you want to look at the start of the civil war to women's rights, to the civil rights of the sixties, to the LGBTQIA plus demanding their rights. We have a history of long fought for rights and being won in this country and the entitled the, those who had felt like they were giving up something like this pie only has so many pieces. And in order for somebody to have rights that somehow they lost them, which is just a complete contortion of reality. They raged because they felt that they equated their entitlement as a, their right, their God given right to tell someone else how to live. And they felt that when they lost that right, That was a loss of a freedom. And they felt like that was an oppression on them. It isn't. It's an oppression on another person when you feel like you have the right to tell them how to live, how to show up in the world. But when you're indoctrinated from your white Christian patriarchal upbringing, and you're preached this every Sunday, and you hear it around your dinner table, it's very hard to let that go. So that's what happened. That's the precursor to... Trump coming down that escalator and saying, I'm running for the president of the United States and how, you know, history will tell our story about how a television star, a failed business person turned politician who ran on a campaign of xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia, sexism, and succeeded how that happened in this country and and when he's got the spotlight on him it gives permission for others to slither out of the darkness and openly express their rage and their phobic hatred that equality for others means loss of entitlement for themselves so the pot just has been exploding these past what 8 years so this is a good time to talk about and i've mentioned it a little bit in in other Podcasts about the fourth turning, because Facebook is not just the war zone; it's our entire country. But the fourth turning, uh, turning is a book uh by William Strauss and Neil Howe, and it, it talks about history repeating itself in cyclical patterns in these twenty-year cycles. And you always have this high euphoric time, and then the awakening, and unraveling, and crisis. And we are in the twenty-year cycle of a crisis, and. I, you can look back and see it's inarguable that th- this happens and whether this has some kind of spiritual evolution, because I feel like, you know, many of us believe that we are evolving towards a kinder awareness, a kinder consciousness, a connectivity, understanding our inner connectivity, but old systems of power die hard. They don't want to give up their power. So this tension of crisis will continue over the next few years because Trump is epitomizing that white Christian patriarchal privilege that does not want to give up power, while the system that that is oppressed by it, especially the younger generations, are saying, we don't want to do this anymore. So in 2015, when I was, I was accepted into seminary, this truly was a defining moment. I was deep into my deconstructing, but I also knew that if if people knew that I was going to an interfaith, interspiritual seminary instead of a Christian seminary, I knew that not only would I lose favor, that I was going to become the outsider. So I kept it low key for a while, but I began to write when I finally found my voice and I started healing. And that's what happens. You start to heal from your religious trauma, traumas from your past, patriarchal indoctrinations, limited beliefs that have been placed on you through these narratives that people say, no, this is what you are, not what you say you are. What we say you are is who you are. When you start deconstructing from all of that, you start to get your voice and you start to plant your feet and you say, "Mm, no, I'm going to, I'm going to find my voice and I'm going to stand up against this. So. I knew that I was going to offend many many men when I started started writing. And you don't know how they came out of the woodwork. And they would often ask me, "Under whose male authority are you authorized to preach?" And they would call me a heretic and a heathen and a witch. And they would they said that they hoped that I would burn in hell. I mean, crazy things. And for a while, I would actually engage with them. And then I realized that my needing to engage with them was a part of what I still needed to release because I was, I was still being beholden and trying to explain them and trying to get them to accept me. So that was a whole other level of deconstructing that I did. So I knew there was nothing I could do to change their mind. And I also knew that their words, if I did the healing, their words would become empowerment for me. So What really got me was the women who also would attack me, who were basically protecting the patriarchy that also suppresses them, that also oppresses them, but they don't care because they're high enough on that patriarchal structure that they're not getting splashed as much by this system, and they don't care. Anybody that's trying to climb up behind them, they're going to kick them down or they're going to pour water on them, which is what that phrase means, carrying water for the patriarchy here. Here's your drink and I'll pour water on other people so they can't get up this. I'll help protect you because I like my proximity to this power and what it gives me. So as time went on, we saw from the 2014 and 2015, this hate-filled rhetoric continued to escalate until those who were, that were negative, far outnumbered those who were supporting me. It wasn't that they were there. They were, they were just afraid. So I just went on a huge delete and block. I got rid of all of them in in my life. And that's when I started, again, another level of healing and finding my voice so that I could just ignore all their rhetoric and look over that and see the people who needed to hear from me. That was the start really of my social media accounts really taking off. But one that really stuck out to me, and I think this is important for all of us who don't realize how much harm we do to other women and how that is part of our indoctrinated beliefs, which is a woman I had was just, it was a harmless video. It wasn't even anything about current events or anything like that. It was just me showing me in my ordination robe because I was going to an ordination ceremony and we were always invited to wear our robes as well. And I was excited to do that. And this woman posted, you disgust me. I disgust you. And she went on to say that my excessive makeup my makeup takes, I think, three and a half minutes to put on. This is this is about it. What you see here is, is my makeup. I usually don't wear much more than this, if ever. My excessive makeup. My idiocy revealed in my childish posts, she called them. My arrogance for posting without a man's consent. And my risking my entire family's salvation by not going to church. And finally, by showing such disregard for the souls of others who would surely peril if they continued to follow me because I was a woman of Satan's. Wow. Wow. Besides that being like, there's no hate like Christian love. I remember reading that and going, I wear too much makeup. And it didn't hit me until later that the fact that that was my first thought showed me how far I had come in my healing. Cause I didn't give a flip what she was saying about the fact that I was an idiot or that I was out here preaching without a male authority, or that somehow my preaching was causing people to stumble in their faith. I knew all that was lies. I knew that was her just regurgitating what had been spoon fed from her from the pulpit And that she was carrying water for a patriarchal system that she was never, ever going to be a a person of influence or power or ever completely recognize her power or know who she was because of how it limits her. But this is what carrying water for the patriarchy looks like. And it's important for this woman to be seen as an obedient servant to her faith. No doubt she screenshot it, set it right off to her pastor so she could get good servant of the month or something like that. But that obedience includes telling a stranger on social media that she is responsible for everything in the world, ranging from who will be hurled to hell to keeping committed the abominable sin of keeping Alta in business, which I, again, and it who hey, wear the makeup, wear the jewelry put on the nails, create any kind of wonderful, fantastic magic with your hair in whatever color you want. Be fantastically you, spectacularly you. Show up in all your glitz and glamour. Do not be afraid. They no longer have power over you. And I remember distinctly that day and how easily I was able to delete it and forget about it because she clearly needed to hurt me, but that couldn't have been farther from the truth. I truly was amused. I didn't know I no longer had that sting of rejection and it had all been softened around the edges that I, I looked at it and marveled at it that someone really is holding on to a. Lo- imagine the abyss of hatred. That not only you have for others, that you have to have for yourself to be able to wield such a judgment on other people that you don't know. And that became a moment of self-awareness for me as I realized that I had risen to a new level of empowerment and healing. That patriarchy and those who were carrying water for it no longer had power over me. And even though that experience was from years ago, it's hard to remember who I was that used to spend hours replying to those comments. I've healed so far beyond their reach of their religious patriarchal influence, but many women have not. And they continue to carry water for this patriarchy, meaning they, they're happy to dump water on other women and historically oppressed if it means it protects their position on the hierarchical structure of patriarchy. So women who carry water for the patriarchy are often the ones who are the most toxic and the most dangerous. The damage that they continue to do is incalculable because of how much harm they do to the oppressed. Here are a few things and I'm not going to go through all of them because you can read them in the blog, but you can... Hear this kind of thing when women say to to, uh, to other women, like, you should focus more on settling down and starting a family rather than pursuing your career. You're just too emotional. Really? Are you going to wear those revealing clothes? Well, how did you really get that promotion over that man? What did you do to get it? Why do you bother participating in male-dominated fields? They're just not meant for women. And I'm embarrassed for you. It's important to learn how to protect your peace and to step into your power. First of all, it is absolutely okay to say to somebody like that, I will not tolerate disrespectful or sexist comments and do not make them in my presence or I will have to limit how you and I will associate in the future. If someone says to you, you were always so kind and submissive, what happened? You can say, listen, it's, it's essential for me to have my opinions and experiences respected. Either we engage in a conversation that values our mutual understanding and integrity, or we're not going to have this conversation at all. Another one you can say is your comments that reinforce gender stereotypes make me very uncomfortable. I would appreciate it if you would refrain from them, but more importantly, I wish that you would heal from them and realize the damage that you're causing people. The last one, I will not accept being silenced or dismissed based on my gender. I expect my voice to be heard and valued. Now, beautiful souls, if those words aren't for you right now, it is absolutely okay. There's no judgment. Boundaries can be no contact. The important thing is that we create a place where those in our inner circle reflect our highest good and are helping us move through our most authentic self. And so those words and being able to say them come as we heal. But sometimes going no contact with no explanation is absolutely a valid choice because this all takes practice. The the first time I used my words, I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. I really did. Because I had never done that before and it was so... So foreign to me. But be patient. be patient and gentle with yourself. If you find that these words don't come or you falter as you try to protect your boundaries, it's not what's important is that you remember that they have no control over you or that's where you're moving to. What they want is for you to continue believe that they have more or spiritual superiority over you, which they don't. You are divine and perfect just as you are. And you, it is time for you to step into your authenticity and break free from these chains of toxic, patriarchal, religious patriarchy, including not just from the white Christian man, but from the people who supported and perpetuated and are continuing to pour water on you. I want you to dive into your life and celebrate you unapologetically because that is what the world needs. The world needs you, the wonderfully divine you. Thank you for listening, beloved. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on my YouTube channel, Spirituality Matters with Rev Carla. You can always connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well. And at my website at RevCarla.com, where you will find the latest information on my live teachings, my courses, and of course, my memberships. So head to RevCarla.com. I'm so honored to be in this space with you. Go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I'll see you soon.